0: We've been working through the Jesus Storybook Bible for our young ones, hopefully giving them a foundation that maybe you and I didn't have when we were their age going through the Bible. You know, we were probably all familiar with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, so on and so forth, and we knew some of the stories. But what was so often lacking was understanding how these stories are about Jesus. They're not examples for how you and I are to live. They're not a a model or an example for you and I. It's a picture of who Christ needs to be, who he must be, who he will be. And so we've spent the last several weeks kind of going through from the Garden of Eden all the way through the sin there in the garden, God's wrath, God's curses upon, uh, upon all mankind because of their sin and then because of the, uh, the goodness of God, the promise of a Messiah, of a Savior who will come and fix what went wrong. And God has promised to bring that Messiah through a particular family, the family of Abraham. And we've been tracing that family, the story of Abraham, the story of Isaac, the story of Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago where we left off, God had brought his people to Mount Sinai. He would brought them out of Egypt. Remember the plagues, those nasty plagues that he had brought upon Egypt so that Pharaoh would let his people go? And so he brought them to Mount Sinai, where he gave them the law, the Ten Commandments, and explained to them, this is how I expect my people to live. Now, were they able to do it? Did they obey the law? No. So they're in big trouble. If this is how God expects them to live, and they didn't do it, God should be done with them. God should say, hey, you failed me. You're done. He's holy. But he hasn't the story of Moses in the wilderness, God continues to be faithful, even though his people have not been. And so we pick up this morning, fast forward to, there's been about 40 years in the wilderness, walking around, and now Moses has died. So now somebody else has to step up to be the next leader of the people. After Moses died, God gave his people a new leader, and his name was Joshua, which means the Lord saves. That's a cool name, isn't it? Joshua. It means the Lord saves. And Joshua was now going to lead God's people into that special land that God had promised them so long ago. Now, by this time, God's people had been wandering around in the desert for forty years. anybody ever been spending any time in the desert before? It uh, can't be very much fun. It's hot sand everywhere. Forty years they'd been in the desert. You can imagine how sick they were of sand and of anything hot. And how happy they were now to reach the edge of the desert, the end of the desert. And right in front of them is a beautiful new home. Right there in front of them, all cool and green and lovely. There was only one problem. The city was Jericho. But Jericho wasn't just any city. Jericho was a fortress. What do you know? What's a fortress? What do you usually see around a fortress? A wall. So they get to the end of the desert. Here's the land they're going to give them, and there's, it's a fortress. They didn't know this. And there's a big wall around the place God has given them. You think they were happy about that? <laughs> Not at all. So the people looked at Jericho at the big, giant, scary walls around it, at the tall, towering ramparts, all the heavy iron gates that bolted it shut, and then they looked at each other. See a picture there of Jericho and those big, tall walls? These aren't walls you can just kind of, I'll just climb up over it. These were huge, massive walls. What are they going to do? Nobody knew, except God. And God told Joshua exactly what to do. But I'll tell you this, Joshua must have looked very surprised because God's plan was incredibly odd as they were about to find out. God then made his people a promise. He said, I promise you, I will always be with you. I will never, ever, ever leave you. If you do what I tell you to do, you will live in this new land and your lives will be happy and everything will go well. So Joshua gathered his army together and they had their swords and they had their shields and they had their spears. They were ready to fight. They were ready to go to war against the people of Jericho. But God's plan was not going to be about fighting. It was about trusting God, even when it sounds crazy, and doing exactly what he says. And so, you know what Joshua's army did instead of fighting? They marched. They marched. They marched around the city of Jericho, around those gates, day after day after day. And the people in Jericho sat there and watched them from the walls and thought, what is wrong with these crazy people? All they're doing every day is they march around the walls. But they were wrong. God's people weren't scared. They were waiting. They were waiting on God. Waiting on God who told them to march, waiting on what God told them to do next. And so on the seventh day, God told his people to march around the city, not one time, but seven times. You ever notice how that number seven is kind of a magical number in the Bible? We've seen it in Revelation. We're going to look at it again today. And here again, the number seven, all throughout the Bible. March around on the seventh day seven times. And then God told them, after you do that, I want you to scream and make as much noise as you possibly can. Now think about that for a second. Has anyone ever told you at home, have your parents ever told you, I want you all to make as much noise as you can. I want you to go crazy. I want you to scream as loud as you can, and I don't want you to stop. ever told you to do that before? We don't usually like screaming in our houses or or around. We usually tell people to be quiet. But here God tells them to be loud. And it's not just one or two or three people. It's like 40,000 people. You ever been in a stadium with 40,000 people? Everybody going nuts? That's what's happening here. And as it turned out, when these people made as much noise as possible, those huge, strong walls of Jericho. You're not going to believe what happened. They started shaking. It wasn't an earthquake. It was what God was doing. And those walls crumbled to the ground. It was almost like those big concrete walls all of a sudden were made of sand. And the whole fortress disappeared. It just wasn't there anymore. Those big walls Crumbled to the ground in a cloud of dust. And you know what happened next? God's people entered into their new home. God just gave it to them. They didn't have to fight. God fought for them. God defeated their enemies. There was nothing left. They were able to just walk right in and have what God had promised to them. And Joshua said to them, people, God has done this. God has brought you safely here. God promised to give you this land. We got here. There was a fortress. There were people. We we had no chance of taking this. Yet here we are. The fortress is gone. The people are dead. (laughs) And we have possession of it. This is our new home. God did this. Now, will you do everything this God says? And you know what they said? We will. How could we not? We will do what he says. We promise. And Joshua said, only God can make your heart happy. So don't ever, ever, ever make the same mistake you did before and make pretend gods, those idols. Let's not do that anymore. And they said, no, never, we won't do it anymore. Guess what happened? Think they were able to keep their promise? They didn't keep their promise. They didn't do what they promised God. They didn't do the thing that God warned them not to do. And so now they're going to lose the very home God gave them. All they had to do was obey. But they didn't. And now this beautiful God, that, uh, home that God had given them, now they're going to lose it. They would lose it to enemies that God would send to take them and make them slaves. And God's people would then would be scattered all crowned crown to different lands. All they had to do was obey. But here's the good news. It's not over yet. God's plan was still at work. Because one day, all of this really was pointing to something else. God has promised to give his people a home. But it's not the promised land. That was just a picture of a greater home, of heaven. Now, entry into that home demands exactly what this, you've got to listen to your God, you've got to do what he says, you've got to do it perfectly. But the problem is we're just like the Israelites. We can't do it. And so this passage is pointing us to the need of a new leader, somebody who can come and do what Israel and you and I cannot. Someone who can take us home and keep us there. Any idea who that one is? It's Jesus. He's the better Joshua. He's the better Israel, the true and better Israel who comes and does what Israel and Joshua and you and I can't do.